Thanks so much for being a part of this podcast. I'm truly so grateful to talk to you and I just can't wait to share your story with everybody else. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I was just saying to you, this is my first podcast interview ever. So I don't know, just had to make that noted. And I really appreciate you supporting me and believing in my idea and wanting to bring me out. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. Of course. I feel like I want to do this podcast because, you know, I see all these amazing people out there and I just want to give them like that additional platform to use your voice to talk about what you're doing. And I think that you're already pretty great at like going on your Instagram stories and like, you know, usually using your actual voice and like putting your face to the screen and, you know, showing people who you are. So I think it's just like a step forward with that to just, you know, share more in depth about your story. And I think it's important when, you know, you have an idea or something that you can kind of like uninterruptedly talk about it without mm -hmm. like being like, oh, you know, adding their input into it. Like, I think that's very important. And like, just finding that voice, like truly what you love and sharing it. So thank you again. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a journey of like ideas. Like whenever I hear the word ideas, I'm like, oh, I have a ton of those. <laughs> and as we'll talk about, obviously, I've bopped through so many different places that have gotten me to where I'm at, at now. So it's definitely not just like a one-stop journey. So I'm happy to share that perspective with you. Absolutely. I totally get that. I never have a shortage of ideas. So I feel like I'm constantly bopping from thing to thing. So anyways, I wanted to kind of start with, you know, how we kind of met each other and, you know, where you kind of were when we had, you know, found each other on Instagram and then you know catapulting you to like where you are now and like you said you know you go through so many things in life and everything brings you to like the point you're at now and I think it's cool to talk about like what kind of brought you to where you are and you know everyone's journey is so different where you know someone could be in the same position you were in but end up at a totally different place so I think it's nice to hear people's stories and just like show how it's like relatable and like all of those things so um, first off, you went to Temple, you went to art school there, right? Um, so I was just wondering what your major was there and, you know, what was your focus in art there? Uh, yes, back to college. So um, I went to Temple for art and when you go there for the first year, you don't get to pick a major, you kind of get to like explore everything. Um, and I intended on going to graphic design um, but that program was honestly a lot more competitive and intense than I thought. And art for me was always just like a really fun, creative outlet and it didn't feel like a good fit. So I actually ended up as a printmaking major, which is kind of random. I, I know you understand what printmaking is, but a lot of people don't understand what printmaking is. So I would kind of just describe it as like old school graphic design and, um, sort of going on that direction of like creating this design and having it be more art based than branding based or web based. Um, though I did end up learning a lot of cool stuff that I've been able to carry into doing branding and all that. But yeah, I, I went for printmaking. So that's what I have my degree in. It's the most random major ever, arguably, but I loved it. So that's incredible. I had literally no idea, but that's actually kind of hilarious how full circle you've come with that. 
I know. Like working on paper now. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was uh, something that was offered at my school too, because I had a minor in graphic design, but I actually ended up not taking the class because it didn't work in with my credits. But I really wish I could have done that. So that's pretty awesome. And I'm really glad that you had that experience because I think that teaches you a lot in like terms of your graphic design skills in so many different ways. So definitely implementing graphic design now with like just your social media content in general. So I really, I love that. And um, going into that, you know, I wanted to discuss your experience with the clothing boutique Rise and all of the graphics there and like the website and all of those things, newsletter. Did you do all of that work yourself or was that someone else you were working with? Yeah, so at the end of my senior year, um, my partner and I, we decided to collab and create Rise Boutique, which is this clothing company that is still open it's still going and my partner Tori is killing it with it um but when we began we just began working at La Colombe like the coffee shop in Fishtown and we really collaborated on the design branding that we wanted to do what was really cool about how we worked was I maybe had the technical skill but Tori really had a great creative perspective as well and so um, we had like a unified brain and then I sort of put it out onto the paper or the computer whatever Um, but yeah it was a really great collaborative process throughout all of it but we never had to outsource for graphic design which was really cool same with the web design Um, obviously we use Shopify which is what most e-commerce people use and I ended up loving this the program just because it was very drag and drop, very accessible because I do not know a single thing about coding or anything really web, web designy. So it was super accessible to learn and just taking graphics to really customize the site was how it all worked out. And same with the email. Um, we just, we worked on all of that together and it was just cool to have that ability in house because I know that's not something a lot of brands get to have. So. I felt really lucky that I had that prior knowledge coming from school to use as a little bit of leverage. Totally. I I love that. And I I think it's so cool when, you know, you don't have to have all of this background, but you can make it work. And I think that's something for people who, you know, don't have that web design skill or like think that they can't do it because they don't have that. Like you really, there are so many platforms out there that actually like allow you to do it without a lot of that technical skill. Um, Aside from having the graphic design background, like you don't need to code to make your own website. And like, there's so many platforms for newsletters and like all of that. So I think that's really awesome. And I think it's really important that, you know, having that collaboration and having those two minds help with the business is huge. And I think something that I struggle with, and I think a lot of people struggle with is that like, they keep all their ideas to themselves. And they're like, I can do this the best by myself, or I don't want to bring someone else on. But like, it's almost always better if you have two people like collaborating that way, because you just like feed off each other's energy and creativity and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. There was also this level of accountability too that we had um, where, you know, we had an idea and it was like, okay, let's execute it though, because I spoke it out or she spoke it out. And like, we have that one person to sort of back it up and be like, okay, let's make it happen then. So um, it was really an awesome experience to work in a partnership with someone to make something, especially like a boutique, which is 
so many moving parts come together. Um, it's absolutely like really a really a cool experience to have been a part of. Yeah, for sure. Um, there are so many moving parts in a business and you know, I'm curious, like, how did you level that out with, you know, all of the like legal parts of it and, you know, owning the actual business, like an LLC or something like that, you know, like all of those different things, like how did you manage your time to like make sure that you guys were getting everything done and like were compliant with all of the things that you needed to do? Oh yeah. So it was really helpful because, um, we started to form this all together as I was at my last semester of school. And so there was a lot of time before we planned on opening. And I think that's something that with any business that's on a larger scale, you need to factor in because you can't just have the idea one day and then be open like one month later, you need like at least six months to really get things together. And so through that time is when we um, did all of the necessary stuff, like get an LLC, um, which really is not that difficult. Um, and then building the website, um, obviously with having a boutique, you're ordering inventory, starting to shoot that inventory, um, just basically building everything so that on launch day, it's all put together and it's all ready to go. Also plenty of Instagram hyping up of like, Hey, we're here, we're coming soon. Um, and it's an interesting time and very much a lot of labor and not much reward because you're obviously not open. You're not selling anything yet. It's a lot of about like putting that love and passion into it and then waiting for the actual day where you can be open. Uh, so it's a really interesting time, but I think having time is the most important part about beginning it. Mm -hmm. That's you said that so perfectly. And I remember when you guys were like launching it or, you know, getting in that process, like you did a great job of that hype and building that up. And it was really cool to see. And I think that's a great thing to say is that you just need the time you can't like, like for you and I, you know, we have all these ideas, all these ideas, but like you can't just for a big business that you want to expand, you have to be prepared you know, with all that stuff before. And, you know, I think a lot of people like with social media, you know, they kind of run it like, oh shit, I have to post something today. Like, let's make it right now and post it. Like you have to have like scheduling and, you know, things to kind of like help you get it out that day and just like have a scheduler, let it go, you know, post that. So definitely important. And something that you had said, you know, about all of that inventory, I think a lot of times I hear questions from people and they just have no idea how to do this. And I know for myself, you know, I just kind of was like self-taught on how to do this and I'm sure you were too. So I was just curious, you know, if you're willing to share, you know, where did you find these manufacturers? Like, how do you do that process? How do you get into trade shows? Like, how do you get this inventory to begin? Truthfully, it's really easy to go to a trade show, get into a trade show. All you need is your um, business license number, which is a part of your LLC, which you have to have in order to even have a business. So you have that checked off the box. And then you just, I don't know, send an email or apply or sign up. I don't know. I don't really remember the process, but it was super one click easy and it's free most of the time. So we would, that's really where we found our brands. We just went um, the first year before Rise opened and um, we just scouted all of the brands that were there and took business cards, networked a ton and um, 
connected in person with these brands and the styles that we really resonated with. And it's overwhelming, like so overwhelming because you have brands all across the board, super high end luxury brands, and then more accessible brands. They're just all over. And so it's very overwhelming, a lot of note taking, a lot of going through emails and business cards and just really finding the kind of styles that we resonated with. But that's where we started. And yeah, most most of it is just a lot of self-guided self searching of the things that <laughs> find. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's the best way to go about it because you want to find what's truest to you and your brand. You don't really want to go off of something else because maybe that's the way that brand really resonated with it. And maybe you will find a different way to go about it. So there's so many brands out in the world, but the trade shows were a great way to connect with the brands. And even if you're a new brand and you don't want to be buying at a show yet, that's totally fine. You can still go there and network and connect with new brands that you might not have found online. So yeah, yeah. that's a little bit in that. I love that. So, you know, in the current climate right now, you know, trade shows are probably like, who knows what's going to happen to them or when they're going to come back. And, you know, maybe you're not like, it's not as accessible for you to get to like one of those major cities to buy. What is your recommendation for maybe like one or two like wholesale sites that you've seen to like get the product that way? So honestly, like the best luck I've had and we had was just simply Googling like online wholesale clothing. Um, and there are just like dozens of websites. The one that's coming to my mind right now is orange shine, orange shine.com. Um, and just like a warning, like there are some really strange, weird brands out there. Like you're going to see the clothes and be like, who would wear this? Like I remember Tori and I would laugh so often at the things that came up on some of these sites. You're like, uh, what is this? But you do have to do so much digging. And once you do though, you'll find some really ge good gems and go from there. So definitely again, Google is your best friend. Google is our best friend throughout all of it. Seriously. Um, so yeah, that's my kind of my suggestion for that. Yeah, that's so great. Um, so in terms of like, you know, getting the capital to buy product because you know that's not always cheap sometimes they have minimums and all of these things um and i know that everyone obviously their financial situation is going to be different and you know different from yours but i think it's nice for people to hear sometimes about like how did a small business that is doing well now how did they get that footing and how did they kind of get their foot in the door with having that overhead money. And I know that you used to sell Young Living Oils. And I feel like I've seen you say that that's what helped you kind of fund this. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, so personally, um, obviously, because this was a partnership, we went in on it 50-50. And um, we both had had savings that we had been building up personally, just throughout life. And so that's primarily what I will speak for myself, I used for um, funding my part portion of the investment into Rise. Um, however, I have seen some really cool things uh, that people have shared on Instagram and the internet of other boutique owners that said have said like they really started with like $500 and four or five items. Like you really do not have to start with a full stocked boutique. You can start with a really cute top, a really cute dress, maybe an accessory or two, 
and go from there and see how people respond to that style and that aesthetic that you're putting out there. Um, so you really don't have to like go over the top in committing with the amount of stock that you want to be holding, which is really cool because um, you can feel it out and find if this is something you really want to do before you go dedicating like tens of thousands of dollars to a brand. Um, so it's very awesome to know that that's an option because with wholesalers, um, everything comes in a pack of six. So if you buy a t-shirt, you get two smalls, two mediums, two larges, or some variation of that with the ratios. So the worst case is you have six shirts, six dresses, and you sell them. And so it's really so cool to know that um, some, I think a lot of people don't know that, that you can start a brand and start a small business without like this crazy amount of overhead. Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that, because I think that is something that really deters people from starting because they're like, I need to have a hundred garments or whatever it may be. So I think that's really important. So thank you for sharing that. And another question that I had about the business is, you know, you have to be shooting product and you need to be having photos for your website, for your social media, things like that. So I'm really curious about, you know, how did you kind of tackle that? Because, you know, what you do looks very professional, it's very cohesive. And, you know, I'm just curious, like, was it you taking them? Did you hire someone? Like, how do people kind of figure that out? You know? Again, like, ugh, I just, I look on this whole experience so fondly because, um, Tori and I just like took all of it upon us to just make it happen and it worked. And again, it just proves that like, and she's still doing it. Like you, it proves that you can really, um, make it all happen and you don't need to always outsource to these expensive, uh, types of extra things that you can add into it. So we never had, uh, any sort of outside photography. We just had our nice, cameras and we used a backdrop that we got from Amazon like again super accessible stuff and it all turned out so great a lot of uh, Lightroom time was spent on Lightroom I should say which is really fun we both came to love editing pictures but it was just all done between us. I would shoot Tori, Tori would shoot me, and then occasionally we'd have some friends involved. Um, but it was a very like laid back, fun. We never wanted it to feel like a job or feel like, ugh, like, oh, we got to get the photographer in here. So um, that's why we kind of took it upon ourselves and it was really fun. And that's still how she does it is she brings in our friends and other people she knows and I just love that aspect of the brand still that it just feels like a friendship you know yeah definitely I love that and that's another thing like I'm glad you said that as well because that's another like daunting thing is like you have to hire all these professionals to do it and you know that can be scary and it can be really expensive and money that people just don't have so I think that's really important to hear you know that there are success stories with like you know the minimum and one thing I have a question about it, though, is, you know, you did have like these nice cameras, but what is your thoughts on having like a tripod and you have it by yourself and it like use your iPhone or something? Like, do you think that that's possible? I don't see why not, honestly. Um, I think the only uh, perhaps obstacle there would be was with the website. I found the f the photos have to be a little more like crisp for lack of a better word and you can kind of tell if they're not on like a more high quality 
camera camera um, but other than that like for Instagram we used our phones for so many pictures that went on our Instagram so social media content like use your phone all day long I think that's totally cool and it works um, but I have found with the actual um, product shooting it helps to have a little bit of a step up of a camera yeah. and even the one that we were using was not like the fanciest thing on earth it was less than a thousand dollars so nothing crazy yeah that's great to know um so another thing i wanted to touch on you had come on your instagram and you did an igtv about starting a business during covid 19 and this quarantine and i i just wanted to touch upon upon that and get your thoughts on you know should you be starting a business right now? And yeah, just like the thoughts you have on that. Yeah, this is something that is near to me because I kind of accidentally did it myself during this quarantine. And I think it's something people should know that if you have something to offer into the world that feels really strong to you, it could be an item, it could be a product, or it can be a service. Um, there are people out there who need that, especially right now more than ever. People are searching for something to solve their problem, even if it's not a problem, it's just a need or a desire. And there is room for everybody here. I like to picture this like pile of abundance that is just right now, it's kind of like sitting and no one's even going to grab after it because people think it's not even available, but there is so much abundance available right now. Um, you just have to be willing to put yourself out there, put yourself on the limb and it doesn't have to be like you are investing tons and tons of money into creating business. It could be just a quick idea that really feels resonant it could be one single product and you can launch it even without a website just use your instagram or use an email list um so yeah that's kind of my message with that i think it is not a bad time let's just say that i don't think it's a bad time to start a business and think about it like you can always find a reason to not start um, you could be like, oh, it's summer. Like people aren't really buying as much or, oh, it's the holidays. People aren't paying attention to stuff other than buying things. They don't want my service, but it's like, you got to put away the excuses and, um, find your flow with it and know that if it's really in your soul, then it's going to work out. Yeah. That's so powerful. I, I absolutely love that because I think it's so true. And you know, I mean, for me, like looking at my like buying habits right now, like I'm still buying things and I'm still buying services. Like, so, you know, people are still working, people are still buying things. So I think that's good. Like go out and get it. And like now is exactly what you're saying. Like now is the time where you have all of this extra time to make your ideas like come into life. So, you know, go get them. And I think that's a perfect transition into what you're doing now. And, you know, you stepped away from your position with Rise and you kind of realized that, you know, you wanted to be more intentional with what you were doing and move kind of away from like a product and move more to a service. So now you're doing these beautiful R readings and I would love to know kind of how that came to you. And I know you're super intuitive and I'm sure you got some type of download to do this. So I'd love to hear what happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> January, it, it all kind of kicked off in the beginning of 2020 when I stepped away from Rise. I just wasn't feeling as aligned 
with it as I was when I began. And that is okay. I think it was something I was really hard on myself about. I just felt really bad. And, um, but I wanted to be giving something my all. And if I wasn't, I felt like um, I was doing the business a disservice and also the fact that it was a partnership, I was doing her a disservice. And so I just wanted to be honest with not only myself, but with everybody. And so it was a hard transition, but I'm so glad that it's just opened up to so many new things. And I'm really thankful for that journey and excited for whatever is going on with this whole aura painting situation. So I'll talk about that now. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I was meditating in like February. I was just basking in this beam of sun that comes through my one window in my apartment and because it was cold out so like I was feeling the warmth of the sun and I was just laying there like in a very calm state total and receival mode and I just had this really strong download of like you can see auras and the way that you're going to translate them is through painting them which totally made sense because like I said I went to art school I've been doing art lessons since I was like literally four years old so creativity and painting and drawing has always been like my outlet and expression and I actually really lost touch with that expression in art school obscurely enough just because of all of the boundaries and all of the deadlines and projects I needed to step away from art for like actually two years or so in order to find myself again and so um, it was ironic enough that when I finally let it all go and let go of the expectation of what I need to be creating, it came through really strong. And um, when that came through, I pulled out my paints like immediately. I had just such a clear vision of what this blueprint of a painting and aura painting would look like. And I just began to paint my own and I just had my eyes closed and was basically felt like I was receiving a tutorial from like the universe on how to do this. And yeah, that's how I kind of walked through my first aura painting experience was with myself. That's so great. I think that you have to do that really for a service. You need to know that it works for you before you offer it. So I really love that. And so you did that first one for yourself in February, right? Yeah, it was probably like the beginning of February, maybe the end of January. I don't remember. <laughs> and then you only started offering them like a couple of weeks ago. So like, what was the, you know, why was there such a gap between, do you think? Hmm. I felt really strongly about the idea since the second that I, like, came into contact with it. But ironically, I was very calm about it. I didn't feel like most ideas that come to me. I'm like, chokehold, like, okay, I got to make this happen right this very moment. And I felt very relaxed about it. I felt like, you know what, when I want to put it out into the world, I will. Um, and I also just wanted to work with that energy a little more on myself before I was going to be offering it to people just to make sure like, okay, what really is this and what can we accomplish as well if I was working with a client? And so I ended up painting my mom's aura a couple weeks later after that, my dad's and slowly this process began to like take form. Um, I put up a video on my like IGTV sometime maybe mid-February of doing like a demo of my mom's aura. And I think that slowly began to gather a little bit of interest because I was sharing, but not with that intention of like, 
buy this book me like uh that sort of like desperate energy of like please like like you know you want this come on come on it didn't feel have that salesy energy I just wanted to simply share because I was like this is kind of cool I'm really excited about it and I think that natural organic energy of just sharing something I was excited about was magnetic and then I kind of like let it go. I, I guess I brought home my aura painting supplies when I moved home for this quarantine. So something was like nested in my brain that was going to make a move, but I did not have the intention of launching it like even during quarantine. But uh, again, it was just this really strong intuitive ping. And I just opened up my stories on Instagram and I just started making these stories of like, hey, I'm launching this. and. Uh, this is the price, this is how it's going to go, like, and that's what happened, and yeah, it's a little bit under a month. <laughs> I I think it goes back to what we were saying before with starting a business, is like, you know, you did it, you needed to have that time to kind of perfect it before you, like, fully launched it, and I really loved what you said about, like, the magnetic energy of kind of, like, letting go of that expectation and, like, letting it happen, like, in divine timing, and I think it's something like throughout like my spiritual journey that I've heard so much about like letting go of that absolute need to have like a financial side of it and just like have fun with it. And then like the abundance will flow in when like it's the right time. And that's exactly what happened for you. So <laughs> it's been wildly successful, I feel like. And I know we were talking and you said, you know, you got much more of a response than you expected. So that's um, exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was not expecting it at all. And I, as you were saying that, I was thinking of this um, affirmation from one of Gabby Bernstein's decks. Um, the universe works fast when I'm having fun. And it's so true. Like when you just let go of the expectation, you like take that death grip off of this thing that you want. It just like, it happens. And, and it might not happen as you expect it would if you were like having that death grip on it, but it probably is going to be something even better than you could expect. So um, yeah, I just had no expectation. That was a totally rare experience. And that's how I know that this whole thing has been so divine and um, just intentional simply because I've felt this really calm relaxedness about it, it from the beginning. Um, and the biggest thing really was letting go of expectation. And I think I didn't have much expectation just because this was like quarantine. And I was really just trying to find something to do with my time. It was not, oh, I'm trying to start a business. I want to like have something new. And um, I think having that pure intention really helps. Um, and I think right now, especially with this whole pandemic situation, a lot of people's intentions are being seen through. And if you don't have the purest, best, highest good intention for the world, then like, it's not going to work for you. And it's sort of being stripped away as, as we speak. And those who do have those really great high intentions are the ones who are rising up. Definitely. Oh my God, for sure. Um, so I wanted to kind of ask you if you could walk me through, you know, how an aura painting really works and maybe first start off with like, what even is an aura for people that like really have no idea? Hmm. So this is really great. This is going to be so perfect to just sort of map everything out. So first of all, your aura is the energy that is 
surrounding you, but also within and without you just at all times. So we obviously see and feel our body, um, but we're also made up of these atoms that are vibrating at a frequency and those frequencies carry a vibration and they can be a high vibration, low vibration. And there's just this unseen energy. I'm like waving my hands because it just is like the best way I can describe it. And then I'm realizing no one can actually see me do that. But um, it's just this unseen energy that surrounds you. And it's kind of like what makes you, you energetically, Uh, again, not so much associated with like the stuff in the physical realm, but the stuff in that's just ingrained within our soul. And it's a really great way to see what you're made of literally is how I like to say it is what are you really connected to? How can you, how do you work? How do you resonate through this life? And so it gives people a chance to have a better view of themselves, a deeper view of themselves and a greater understanding of who they are on a soul level, which helps a lot because there's so many standards. There's so many expectations in our society that are not meant to match every single person, obviously. Um, And so when you can get to know your energy, you can break through those um, standards and things that we think we need to be, whether it's physically or success-based, you name it. So getting in contact with your aura is a great way to do that and to get in better connection with your intuition as well. Um, So an aura painting is me reading your aura and putting it onto paper so that you can have this concrete reminder of what your energy is and all of the beautiful aspects of it that make you who you are. Um, So it's just this really great process where we drop in together, we do a aura activating meditation, as I like to call it, where I essentially like expand, help you expand your own aura and actually bring you into it yourself. I I don't ever want to be seen as that person who's like, I have this power and you don't. And like, you need to come to me in order to see your energy. Like I firmly believe that everyone can get in contact and see and feel their aura. And so this activation that we go through during the session is such a great way to bring people into that themselves to see like, oh, this is really not something that's like totally supernatural. It is within me and it's on the outside of me and I'm always with it and something I can always connect with. Um, So once we go through that and feel really like on the same frequency, I like to describe it, like we need to tune into the same radio station, then I'm able to see and feel and translate your aura to the paper. And then for the rest of the session, I'm just painting and um, spieling on about like what every single color, shape, mark on the paper means. So that's something that's a little different about my practice is that The color has meaning to me, but so does the shaping of the lines and the brush strokes and just everything um, has a meaning. So, yeah, Yeah, totally. And I'm seeing all of them. They all look so different. So it's so cool. Um, And I I have so many questions. Like, first starters, like, did you always kind of innately have this ability, like, growing up? Or, like, was it kind of something that you ran into as you got older? I think I've always had a really special connection with color and art and just the way that it feeds through my brain. I always knew it was sort of like 
different or unique or just something to it but I never was like oh I see energy like I never knew that um at the time and maybe I did as a kid and then you lose contact with it as you like grow up and we have our like all of our imagination squashed um but then as I've gotten back on my spiritual journey I think I've been able to get more in touch with that um and for me it's a very subtle subtle work um because it's not like I close my eyes and like oh there's your aura it's just like all around you it's more like when I close my eyes and tune in, I'll have these little clues drop in like, Oh, there's a, there's a little bit of blue. Okay. I'll put that on the paper. Then I'll tune back in and there's some yellow and then a little bit of purple. And as I'm adding those little clues in new ones sort of drop into my subconscious. And I, it's almost like, like a little bit of a scavenger hunt of sorts where I'm just taking these clues and putting them together on paper. Um, so it's a little bit of a different, Thing, process that I think people might imagine it to be it's it is a lot of me piecing things together and also really following my intuition on what those things mean yeah totally and like for me like I totally feel you I understand completely but for people who like don't really know like how do you get those things is like you're closing your eyes you literally see those colors or is it more like a little like almost your voice saying like that's the color like that's the shape or you know what I mean yeah this is such a good question because we all have the ability to receive this intuitive information whether it's in the form of colors or messages even um and we all have different ways of connecting to it whether it's visually or through our sound or just simply like that knowing and the way I use it mostly in my readings is a little bit of visual, like I might see like, oh, there's a little bit of green. Um, and then I kind of use that backup voice or like knowing that drops in of just like, yeah, that's green. Um, so I kind of dabble between the two of like listening for that feeling or like looking for that feeling that feels like, okay, yeah, that feels right. Or the looking it's, it's a little balance of both. Yeah, totally. And I think it's important for anyone listening is like all of those intuitive things are going to be different for every different person, obviously. Like maybe I, like I'm a very visual person too, but only if I'm like super tapped into a meditation or something. So I think, I think that's important. And then like, you know, with hearing things, it's like, it's like hard to explain. I understand. Like, it's like, it's like your voice, but it's like not your voice, but it, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. And I think everyone is intuitive in their own way. And I think it's important that you said that, that everyone has that ability. It's just, you're like heightening it. So going off of that, like, would you consider this almost like Reiki a little bit, or do you kind of define it in like your own way? That's a really good question. Um, I actually am attuned just in Reiki level one, but um, so I have... I know what Reiki is and I have that sort of experience with it. And it's different in the sense that I, I guess, or should I say it's similar in the sense that I am sort of channeling this information from divine or spirit or the universe onto this paper for you. So I'm acting as a channel, which through Reiki, you are just simply acting as a channel um, and delivering energy to someone 
in whatever way they need it. Like you're not the one healing them. You're just simply the, the avenue that that healing energy is passing through. And so in that sense, I do have that similar essence of like, I'm just this channel that's delivering the information. Um, but it also has evolved into its own type of healing practice. And um, it's a little more hands-on simply because I am doing this painting. And then I'm also decoding your energy for you and it's almost it's a bit of like a um coaching session of sorts where like you can have a question for me of like okay like I see that that intuitive energy is a part of me but I don't feel connected to it at all so like how do you recommend doing that so I use sort of my experience to also help guide you as well um, so that's where it takes that step away from being more than just a channel but also a guide yeah definitely that's that's really incredible. And like, like going back to what you're saying about like having a business and, you know, not taking a mold from like someone else's mold, because what you're doing is like so unique and, you know, you're actually offering so much more than just like an aura painting. You know, it's like, like you said, you're almost like life coaching them a little bit. And like, when I saw you were doing it, I was like, whoa, this is so interesting because like, I'm sure, you know, and you know, people know about this is that, you know, there are these pictures that you can get of your aura and like, that's just like someone pressing a button and it's not really like, yeah, they can kind of tell you what it is, but it's not, it's not the same. Like, so it's such a unique offering. And I just like, I'm so interested in it and I can't wait for ours. It's going to be so great. Yeah, I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> I'm yeah. really excited. Yeah. It's a little different from, I'm glad you mentioned the photo because I love to ask people when I'm in a session with them, like, have you had your aura photograph for? I haven't, but I've studied a lot of them and I sort of studied the technology behind it and it is really cool but it is less personal and less um in depth again because it's really focusing on the color that's happening around you and uh, like I said my painting is really rooted in not only the color but the shape and the movement and just the whole essence of like what is going on around you so yeah and like at least from my experience obviously every company or person that's taking photos is going to be different but my like reader wasn't really explaining to me throughout the process like what was really happening it was more like just after a quick brief explanation but you're actually sitting with them being like oh this is what this means and all of that so I think like you said it's so personal and it just makes the experience like so much more fun so I love it <laughs> so Going back, I had a question about you were saying, you know, as you've gotten older and like kind of had this more spiritual practice, you feel more tapped in to, you know, the divine universe, whatever you want to call it. And I was curious, like what your practice looks like for that. And of course, it's going to be different for everybody, but I was just curious what yours was. My practice is always changing. That's for sure but it is really rooted in journaling. And I know some people are going to hear that and like roll their eyes and be like, Oh my God, someone tells me to journal one more time. Like I was that girl who was like, stop telling me to journal. I don't want to do it. Like leave me alone. Um, and just, yeah, I was so like over that. Um, but I will say that's what like totally brought me into this journey. Um, I started working with a coach in a group program. Um, her Instagram is Stephanie Dawn Elizabeth. She is amazing. And I still work to her with her to this day, um, over a year and a half later. And so 
I just felt this twinge of like, there's something more here. I was actually dealing with like a lot of panic attacky type of stuff and it just didn't feel good. I didn't like this like level of anxiety that I was feeling in my body. And I didn't know at the time that that is like oftentimes um, a symptom of like awakening of spiritual awakening. And um, as you know, your, your energy is sort of like trying to send you a message like, Hey, I'm here. Like, please listen to me. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was at. And so I had signed up with this group um, mentorship of sorts of really like how to tap into your spirituality. And she was super journaling based and I was like, Oh gosh, okay, let's do it. And Oh my gosh, it's just changed my life. So journaling, it's just where it's at. And I think where people get a little tripped up is like, I'm not telling you to journal like what you ate or like how your drive to the grocery store was. I'm like talking about like a brain dump of your subconscious of like, how do you feel? What do you need? What are you calling in? Things that like might feel really weird to write at first. And I think that's the thing. If you don't have a spiritual practice yet and you're interested in, in getting in tune with one, like, let yourself feel a little weird in the beginning. Like it's totally going to feel weird. I'm sure how you've been there too. I'm like, uh, am I really like writing the things that I want to call in from the universe? Like, yes, you are. Don't worry. It's going to feel great in just a little. So yeah, journaling, card pulling. I love Oracle cards. You and I share that love. Um, those are like the main staples truly. And then everything else kind of comes and goes. I would consider like painting for me, like a spiritual practice. Whereas someone who's really athletic might consider running or doing yoga, a spiritual practice. So it's really what you feel resonate with. Definitely. I love that. And I am obsessed with journaling now. It's so funny. I've been like preaching and preaching it. And I was definitely one to be like, God, really have to journal. Like I can't make time for this. But I think just like you said, it's like about that mind dump and like getting it out of your subconscious. And it helps when you like write it down and you see your words and you're like, oh, am I really thinking that way? Like things like that. And I think that's, and also just like you and I, we have so many ideas. It's important to like write those ideas down, you know? So I absolutely love that. And I also wanted to ask you, going back to the Oracle reading, I mean, sorry, the, the aura reading, you diffuse oils during it. And I wanted to know what the significance of that is to you. Mm. Uh, thank you for asking that question. I love these questions that you have. So yes, I use... Um, I diffuse oils during the session and then I also put a drop of oil into my little water uh, brush cleaning water and <laughs> I have to give a shout out to my mom because she actually gave this idea to me when I was doing her session she was like you should put a drop of oil in there to infuse like the frequency of the oil into the painting I'm like yes this is amazing <laughs> uh, because I love crystals obviously and crystals as I talked about before many times like they carry a frequency we carry frequency which um, can be high vibe or low vibe and obviously when we're in that high vibe we're calling in we're really working with the universe and essential oils are another thing that carry a really high frequency so um, it's a great little extra thing to add into practice to really raise the vibration if maybe your aura is like a little bit more on a low vibration, which happens like we all have those times where we are just on a lower dip, 
and that's okay. So I love to infuse a different oil into my water during the practice. I intuitively pick it just like I intuitively pick cards and all that other stuff. And just based on like what I feel that person needs. Um, and so I'll put a drop in and then when I'm covering the whole page with water in the beginning of the process, it smells so good. I can't wait to do these sessions in person with people so they can really smell how amazing it is. And then I also have oils diffusing right by me all the time because um, honestly for me, so that I can stay calm and stay connected to my intuition and not be so in my left brain ego that was like wants to be right and very structured because this whole process is like the opposite of that. Um, so the diffusing is really for me in order to remain calm. I always diffuse my favorite blend Valor because it's like my bravery oil. Um, and then otherwise the oils in the cup are always just mixed up, always something new. I love that. I love oils. I don't have my diffuser with me, which has been horrible. <laughs> You actually gave it to me. It's that Young Living one that I have. I actually still use those oils and I've been using the RC every morning. And I just, it's a game changer. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Oracle cards because I'm obsessed with them as well. And I know you have so many of them. So I was wondering what your favorite one is right now. I'm sure it changes all the time, but I wanted to know what your favorite one is right now. Okay, so I'm going to tell you two of my favorites because I just can't pick one. So my favorite one to use during aura reading sessions is the Prism Oracle. It is by an artist on Instagram who I found her handle is Iris Iris. And it's like I-R-I-S-E-Y-R-I-S. Like Iris, I like the little I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so um her art is so cool and just the her take on cards is really interesting and that whole deck is based on color and so it really is connected with the whole practice of um the aura reading that we enter into and then my other favorite deck right now is the starseed oracle um which is from i don't remember her name but maybe rebecca nathans i don't remember her name. the notes of this yeah, um, Starseed Oracle. It's relatively new. It is the sequel to the Work Your Light Oracle deck, which both mm -hmm. of those are amazing. The art is amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. The messages are amazing. And they're just like really deep. So I will say that if you're not as into like the super deepness of the spiritual practice yet, like maybe wait on that one just because there's like some really deep messages there but they're so cool so i don't know go for it <laughs> so with the oracle cards during your reading do you pull them like during it after at the beginning how does that work uh, yeah, we pull cards in the beginning i love to pull cards in the beginning as a good like jump off lack of a better word like a conversation starter to sort of gauge like the energy and it's always so cool because i'll read the card and people will be like wow, that really resonates with where I'm at right now. Or even the imagery on the card is like their favorite color or something that's like fun to them. So it's really cool how it connects. So I love to do that in the beginning as like good jumping off point. Um, I want the whole aura painting experience to feel like you're a part of my spiritual practice. Like we're just, we're just coming together and having a spiritual practice together. So I love, that's why I infuse the oils and the crystals and the cards because it just feels really, um, like we're gathering. 
Definitely. And perfect segue into I'm going to give you a reading now. Woo! So I have the yogic path, which I know you have too, and I love it. It's so hard. It's so beautiful. For those who are listening, you can't see it, but it's beautiful. <laughs> so, so I what were you saying? Sorry? So beautiful. So beautiful. So everyone that reads Oracle decks obviously does it differently, but how I like to do it for myself, because I'm really into kundalini yoga, I will take the deck and I'll put it like in between my hands. So like all of my fingers are touching and I'll just like put it at the heart center and I'll just close my eyes and tune in. So I'll just ask you to do that. You could just put your hands at your heart center together and just close your eyes. And we're just gonna take three deep breaths in and deep breaths out through the nose and then out through the mouth, okay? So breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. And take a deep breath in and audibly exhale out. And then I'm going to take a deep breath in and just tune in quickly. Om Namo Gurudev Namo. Om Namo Gurudev Namo. Om Namo Gurudev Namo. Okay. So I cleared this before I even started this call with you because I pulled a card for myself this morning. And I just think that's important. And with something that we were talking about earlier with like cleansing and cleansing your space and things like that, I would typically light like a candle and then like Palo Santo or sage or something like that incense. But during quarantine, I have none of these things. So something that one of my mentors taught me is that you just put the cards in your right hand and your hand and like your left hand, your intuitive hand, and you just say like, I release all of the old energy from this deck and then you hit it. So yeah, just setting that intention. And I already did this, but I'll just do it again. So like I'll take the deck into threes and I'll just like shuffle them up and then I'll actually shuffle them just clearing it again. And then I'll put in that intention for you afterwards. So we'll just shuffle them. Some people kind of say they're like, they don't like to bend their cards or whatever, but I don't really care. I think it's better to like wear them and like get used to them and like connect with them. So then I'm just going to ask if you silence again and just tune back in. And I'm just going to intuitively pull this card and just kind of call in for the message for you, Lily. Okay. Oh my God. I've been pulling this card a lot lately. I don't know what it's about, but it's upside down and it's purple. Yeah. So what does purple mean since that's your thing? Well, I know, because I have that deck, I know that that's the crown chakra card. Um, but <laughs> I know also that purple is connected to our crown chakra, which is our link to the divine. It's linked to like our higher energy. 
Um, it's the link to whatever you want to call it, divine source, God. Um, and it's the way we like kind of channel and receive that information. Um, so when I see purple in a, in a aura painting, it's like, there's that connection to the divine. We all have it, but some people have this really deeper connection um, that they can't embody. They might not know they have it, but it's really there and it's really, it's a beautiful gift. Yeah, definitely. I find this interesting because, so I pulled it upside down. Yeah. We're just talking about how like you feel things in your head and you literally went like this and tapped your head, which is like your crown chakra. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. But so I pulled it upside down. So you can take this as ever as like however you want it to be. But so the Sanskrit is Sahasrara. Sahasrara. I know I have a hard time pronouncing it. I know. I, I try my best. I really try and practice. But so I, something that I've learned along the way, and I've said this in a previous episode is that, you know, it's better to kind of take your own interpretation of a card, but I just like reading what the author has to say, because obviously they intended something for it. So, you know, I'm going to go with that. So I'll read this to you. It is, have you been feeling lost and creatively blocked as if everyone else knows what they're doing, but you can't even choose the next step. This is because your crown chakra has been blocked. You must realize that you're always tapped into universal energy. It is your free thinking mind that often overrides this innate wisdom and makes you lose sight of your own. The universe is sending you messages through pebbles that later turn into boulders. It's time for you to plug back into the universe you came from, take a social media break and use that time to be in silence. Become mindful of all that you do and let go of all unnecessary possessions, beliefs, and relationships. Study your ancestors and learn from your mistakes. Follow your curiosities and have faith in the future. This will pave the path back to the divine. I think this is actually a really great message for me because, um, and it's great to segue into what we've talked about because I was talking about how like divine this whole idea and how it all happened was. Um, however, like I've actually been in sort of a phase this past week of like not so much trusting in the the path of it and also sort of getting back into that like chokehold I was talking about of being like, okay, but I'm going to make this, I'm going to launch this or I'm going to do this and really not letting that flow happen. Um, so that message is totally relevant for me because as connected to like this whole divine channeling of it as I was, and I usually am, like I've been a little bit disconnected. So I'm working on that. <laughs> really interesting. Honestly, I'm glad that it resonated. I find that I am so in tune with this deck. It like creeps me out. I literally like, so I've just been having the craziest, like, things happened to me like yesterday I was like in my meditation and I like you were saying with your practice I'm like same thing journaling and oracle deck like every day and I was sitting there and I was just like closing my eyes and something about it I was thinking about like kundalini energy and like snakes and how it like snakes up your spine and like all these things and I was like oh it'd be kind of cool to get like a snake tattoo or something like that and I literally pulled like it was crazy I literally like you know held the deck, whatever. And I just like, so got this intuitive, like ping or hit, whatever you want to call it to like, just pull this card up. And it was literally the Kundalini card and it has like snakes all over it. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so wild. And yeah, like things like that just have been happening to me so much lately. And it's just like so crazy. So it's cool just to show like, once you work with something a lot that you 
you know, they're your energies in it. Like no matter what you believe, it's, you know, energy. Yeah. Is real. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I totally believe that. That is so cool. Mm. I love hearing those like really cool alignments that happen. Right. And not every time I pull a card, it's like, whoa, that's so obviously accurate. Sometimes mm-hmm. like some sort of underlying message where like I might be neglecting something and don't really realize that that's happening. And then in the like future, I'll be like, whoa, okay, that's what that meant. Like something like, you know, so I think, I think that's interesting for, for Oracle readings and things. So thank Definitely. you for accepting the reading. Thank you. That was amazing. I I love that. And that was a really good reminder for me. And I think it's a great way to tie this all up because so often like on podcasts, I really think about it when people have like business owners or anything come on, like it's always about like, oh, here's how I became successful. And like, it's not like a linear path. And it's also not um, like, oh, you get there. And then you're just like, it's all up from there. Like there's so many ups and downs on the journey. And uh, it can start as something like really divine and you can lose touch with that because we're human and it happens, but it's all about that journey. So mm, definitely. And, and like with that spiritual practice, it's the muscle. It's just like working out. Oh, yes. Working on that. Like, even if I don't do something for like one day, I can tell like I'm off that day or something like I need to get back to that. So I think that's perfect. Perfect way to end. That's very important. And I just have one last question for you. I would love to know something that you are currently calling in for yourself or some type of manifestation, whatever it may be. I'm like smiling right now because I'm realizing one of the things I was calling in was a podcast interview. Like it's literally written in my journal. So thank you for that opportunity. And I can check that (laughs) off list. Um, What I'm calling in right now are a lot of just different opportunities around the aura painting concept and experience i'm really excited that hopefully once everything opens back up to be able to offer this at retreats at different like spiritual retreats and gatherings um to be called as sort of like a extra on set for those um special events just because retreats are very close to my heart there's something that is just so cool and i would love to be a part of them for people Um, So retreat activities, also just bigger commissioned aura painting work for, I don't want to say famous people, but like just people who are um, largely known or very influential in the spiritual field. I'm not saying like Brad Pitt or something, but I'm just like uh, people who I really admire um, in, in the world of spirituality realm. Um, and just ultimately calling in connections through this and allowing it to grow. Definitely. Thank you for sharing. I think it's a really important, empowering thing to actually say out loud. And like people are going to listen to it. They're going to hear it mm-hmm. that you like hold yourself accountable almost and like put it out there by saying it. Because, you know, you can write it, you can make a vision board, but like saying it, you have to use all those senses. You know, yeah, totally call it in. So thank you for sharing. I am excited to see what happens with all of it and the next step that you take. And I am excited to announce our little fun thing that we will be launching soon. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> so thank you so much, Lily. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was awesome. Thanks for having me.
I mean, it was just so much fun. Thank you for pulling a card for me. That was such a great little surprise. Like it was just a great time. And um, I, I really am happy that we've been able to connect. I know new friendships during quarantine. I like it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Get up, get down. Get up, get down.